grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's begin with a side-to-side -side picture of the same location, one in autumn and one in the dead of winter. These pictures and seasons are full of contrast. Autumn, well, it's colorful. Winter, dull, drab, and dreary. Fall, I like to call comfortably cool. Winter, sometimes just bitterly cold. Fall, lively, vivid, brilliant. Winter, barren, bland, and to some, just plain boring. Well, just as autumn and winter are full of contrast, so too is our gospel message. For today's parable of the persistent widow is a parable of contrast. This parable is a little different than most. Normally, Jesus compared the things and people in a parable to the things and people in our spiritual lives. However, in today's parable, Jesus does just the opposite. He tells of an interaction between a judge and a widow, but he contrasts them with God and with us. So today, we look at the differences between the judge and God and between the widow and us. In today's parable, there was an unjust judge and in a certain city. And according to Deuteronomy 16 and 18, the Jews were to have in all the gates of the city judges whose work consisted of hearing cases and making judgments. And in Deuteronomy, God's instructions were very specific that these judges were to judge righteously, without partiality, not perverting justice, and not taking bribes. This judge, however, did not fear God, paid no attention to the calls for justice, and he had no respect for man. This judge was interested in his own comfort and didn't really care about the cases that came before him. He wasn't interested in the law of God and wasn't interested in the opinion of people. He was only interested in his convenience. How would you like to come before this man in a legal dispute? Ultimately, the widow in today's parable had no choice. And to make matters worse, widows in biblical, biblical times had no power and no economic clout. They were among the weakest, most vulnerable members of society. For this reason, God constantly commands his people to take care of the widows. Deuteronomy 27, 19 says these words, Cursed be anyone who perverts the justice due to the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. We're not told why this widow went to the judge. The details are not relevant, though, to the point of this parable. What we do know is that this woman went to someone who should have helped her in her quest for justice. The widow had every right to be in the judge's court, and she was there continuously. 
In fact, the story gives us the impression that the widow camped out at the court, being there every day when the court opened and when it closed. She became a fixture in the judge's life. She became a pest. Finally, the judge can't take it anymore. He's sick and tired of hearing her cries for justice. So even though he doesn't want to try the case, and even though he has nothing in it for him, he agrees to grant her day in court. He just wants her out of his life. So now let's look at the contrast of the judge with God and the widow with ourselves. The contrast between the judge and God are many. The judge doesn't care about justice, but God does. And in fact, he delights in showing mercy and yielding to the request of his own people. That's you and me. The judge cares only about himself. God cares about us. The judge didn't want to hear from the widow, even though she had a right. God, on the contrary, wants to hear from us, even though we don't have a right. And this leads to the one main difference between us and the widow. The widow had a case. We don't know. We don't. In fact, if we ever came before the court of the holy and most almighty God, he would immediately find us guilty and sentence us to an eternal punishment. The widow had good reason to ask the court to act. We have a good reason to ask the court not to act. We, by nature, have no rights in God's court. However, there's good news. God loves us so much that he worked out a plan to give us those rights. He sent his son Jesus into the world in order to redeem the world. Jesus endured our verdict of guilty, our guilty verdict that we deserved. He opened God's court to all believers and declared us not guilty by dying on the cross and rising from the dead. So he gave us these rights for the sake of his beloved son Jesus through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. The judge, who neither feared God nor cared for his fellow man, finally did the right thing to just get the, wid his, the widow off his back. How much more will God, who sacrificed his only son, do what is best for you and me? When it comes to God, we're assured that he listens and will surely grant grace to those who cry out for him. This truth is affirmed in Matthew 7. You know this verse as well. Listen, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? In today's gospel, Jesus invites us to pray the way Jacob prayed in, reading, in the reading of the Old Testament. The Son of God appeared to Jacob in human form, and Jacob wrestled with him all night. And Jacob continued wrestling even after God dislocated his, his hip. So today's parable urges us 
to wrestle in prayer until we empty our hearts in God's presence. Let me repeat that. Today's parable urges us to wrestle in prayer until we empty our hearts in God's presence. Another way to phrase this thought is, hang on and then let go. Allow me to illustrate. Let's go back to our season of autumn. Have you ever noticed how it appears in autumn that the trees keep holding on to their leaves? At the same time, they are getting more colorful and more beautiful each day, and then the leaves just let go and drop. Hence the anonymous saying in this slide, autumn shows us how beautiful it is to let things go. One could say that as the leaves persistently hang on, they transform and show their true beauty, and then they finally let go. And one could also say that Jacob showed his beauty of faith by persistently hanging or wrestling on, not losing heart, and believing that God would answer his prayer for a blessing. You know, as I was preparing for the sermon, it made me think of something that occurred back when I was working at Chrysler, and this goes back all the way to 1994. And it was just after I had moved into a new function uh, at Chrysler, an international engineering function. And my boss at that time, a guy by the name of Dave Roberts, uh, Dave sent me off to Brussels, Belgium that is, and to find a consultant to be our eyes and ears to watch uh, developments on uh, automotive technical regulations. I remember getting asked to do this. <laughs> And being sort of scared to death, never having really done a lot of things overseas, and uh, starting to do a lot of praying before I even left. But I remember getting to Brussels and getting to that hotel. Now, let me back up for just a minute. I'd gone over, made the trip, and I had made one appointment for a whole week I was going to be over there. So that's all I had on my docket when I went to Brussels. So I got there, and I was at the hotel. And by the side of the bed in the morning, I didn't know how I was going to get through this week. One appointment, and I'm going to find a consultant this week. So uh, I got fun beside the side of the bed and knelt by the side of the bed and prayed for God's guidance. I said, God, I don't know how to do this. How is this going to come about? So I just laid it all out that I'm not, I don't know what's going to happen, God. And I remember the thought in the prayer to, and saying this to God, may your will be done. Each morning I did that same thing. I got up, I got by the side of the bread, I prayed and I turned it over to God. Got up the next morning, got on my knees and turned it over to God. Fortunately, by the end of the week, I had a lot more appointments. That one appointment led to several appointments and I, we ended up finding a, I found a, what would be a good person, to, a consultant to hire. We ended up hiring them, and we had them at Chrysler for multiple years. By the way, I wish I'd always be that uh, strong in my faith that what I'd always turn it over to God. I don't always do it like that. <laughs> and I'm sure that uh, we've all been there. Yes, we show the beauty of our faith by being fully dependent on God, by trusting His promises, 
and by emptying ourselves in God's presence in our persistent prayer. So this parable urges us to be like this persistent widow. God welcomes our persistent prayer for Jesus' sake. And in this parable, Jesus teaches us to pray continually and to never lose heart. Why? Because his promise is that he will grant vindication and justice for those, for his chosen ones, and will do so quickly. However, vindication and justice that he grants is not what we deserve. He doesn't bring about justice dictated by the law, but the justice dictated by his love and grace. Jesus shows us that God's justice is first understood when you understand God's suffering love, a suffering love that has as its aim to make the sinner whole and the ungodly just. And this suffering love is even for people like the unjust judge, and it's, it's for you and me. Jesus ends his parable with a question. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Will he find faith that is persistent and unwavering? The implied answer is yes, he will. He will find people like those mentioned throughout the Bible who praised, prayed without ceasing. Like the faithful tax collector who humbled himself and beat his chest seeking God's mercy. And like the little children who took, who looked to tr Christ and trust him unconditionally. And like the blind beggar who cried out to Christ for healing and mercy. And he will find faith in people like you and me who kneel before God pleading with Christ for mercy and leaning on him for everlasting hope. So can we pray and not lose heart or give up? Yes, for we know to whom we belong. Peter said in 1 Peter, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Yes, he cares for you and unlike the unjust judge, God delights in hearing from you. You are his beloved child. Pray continually and do not lose heart. Please rise as we now go to God in prayer.